Kristen. And I'm Keontae. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to the, the Crafted, Crafted Podcast. Podcast. So, what are we talking about today, babe? Uh, we got a lot to talk about. This is uh, the continuation of our sex, money, and communication um, series. So, we're going to be diving into the next phase of that, which is communication. But before we do that, I actually got something um, funny and lighthearted I want to ask you. Well, not nothing funny, but it's interesting because I, don't, I haven't really... Like, I've asked you this question before, like, uh-huh. early in our relationship, but I, like, I don't really even know now. But anyway, this question was a question from someone. Okay. Oh, what not. Okay, so their question was, is it okay to have celebrity crushes in a marriage? And if you do, if it's okay, what are your four, who are your four celebrity crushes? Wow, this is a random question. So, okay, we starting off with a random question. So, is it okay to have celebrity crushes? I think, yeah, because, come on, let's be real, ain't nobody ever going to get with a celebrity. Like, uh-huh. you know? I guess it would be different if we were both actually celebrities, which well, would yeah. make it crazier, right? Well, yeah, if you was a celebrity, it wouldn't be a celebrity, celebrity crush. crush. It would, it would just be, be a... A like crush. that's a peer you know like yeah i think for normal people who, who we are like i think having a celebrity crush is really just like a like a like you know i'll never see, yeah i'll never <laughs> see this person really i mean yes you're married but that doesn't mean that you're blind at the end of the, like at the end of the day like i'm still a man you're still a woman so even though i'm of course i'm super attracted to you like yeah, you, you were yeah you are who i want to be with Absolutely. for the rest of my life but i think like I, like i have eyes like i can i can see other women and i could be like oh i mean like oh she's beautiful or you know she's nah, cute you only got eyes for me no i'm yeah. just playing no i'm <laughs> we're totally i mean i just feel like if you're secure in your relationship then who cares about a celebrity crush? You know, like that's nothing. It's just like my husband said, like we all have eyes we yeah. can see. You feel me? But I, also, I just think like, I think celebrity, I mean, okay, well actually I think having a celebrity crush is okay as long as it's, um, as long as it's, what's the word I'm looking for? Not um, an obsession? Yeah, like it's like I, like it's healthy as long as it's healthy. Yeah. You know, if you not like if you hopefully you ain't just obsessing over a person and have got them as, as your screensaver yeah, screen posters and things room. of that nature. But thinking yeah. about them during you know that time during sexy time. Yeah, I think that would be kind of weird. Yeah, but, yeah. So I mean, I'm cool with you having celebrity crushes. I could probably name his maybe. You can't name mine because my no, his be no. some his be some off the wall people that yeah. nobody has ever heard well, of. Well, here's usually. the thing. Here's the thing about me and my celebrity crush Here crushes. Like, <laughs> I mean, of course, like I like women that like all my celebrity crushes. I think are beautiful, but I, like I like my celebrity crushes are like women who like can like they pique my interest in like other ways. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, but before I get into mine, what's yours? Because you don't really have, so, wait, wait, hold on. Well, first, let me try to guess one. Because the funny thing with you is like, you kind of don't even really have the like orthodox celebrity crush. Like, I think every woman's like celebrity, like top of their celebrity crush list, or at least in their top five, is like Michael B. Jordan is there. Absolutely. And he's not, not in yours. So that's, that's not, already not interesting off the bat. Gross. But anyway, the one I guess would be. like an anteater. Oh my god! I'm just playing. That wasn't nice. That's my man Wallace from The Wire. Great show, by the way. <laughs> um, but um, I would guess that one of yours is Idris Elba. Of course, absolutely. So listen. Yeah. So the first thing about me is number one, I don't really know any celebrities. Like, oh my gosh, she's like, showing. That's a whole like, other story. I, like if you mention a celebrity or if one is in public, then I literally probably won't know who they are. And I can't, I don't really even know anybody's names. I do know Idris Elba though. So that's about the one person I could name. There's also a football player that I think is cute. I think he's a football player. Travis Kelsey. Yes. Travis Kelsey. Very handsome dude. But then I saw some pictures of him and he was looking crazy. (laughs) And then I also think he might be short. Like, I don't know. Nah, Travis Kelsey, like, well, I mean, he's a tight end, so tight ends are usually, they're like six medium. Two? Yeah, they're about like, usually tight ends are about between like 6'1 and 6'3. Because Shannon Sharp, I think Shannon Sharp is 6'3. I don't know who that is. But like I said, I really truly don't know that many celebrities, and so I don't really think I have a celebrity crush. <laughs> oh, you know who I think is uh, good looking? The one from that show we used to watch. Um, 
that the that was one on Oprah's from that channel. Show we used to watch. Babe, shut up. Huh? <laughs> the one on the on Oprah's on channel. The Oprah okay. channel. Oh, you talking about um? The I know you talking about. You talking about Kofi? I think his yeah. name is. Yeah. Now him. Kofi now that's a, Cerebo. That's from, not even a celebrity crush. That's a that's a specimen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so, anyways, who are yours? Um, mine, like I said, mine are going to get real unorthodox. Mine right now, I think at the top of my list is probably Coco Jones. Uh, cause I'm just her, I'm just team dark skin. So like, I've always like been like, when it came to like Destiny's Child, everybody loved Beyonce. I was a Kelly Rowland guy. Um, uh, so it's Coco Jones okay. for me right now. Um, Angela Rye. Okay. Yeah, uh, these people I'm naming, they could just be bupkis to her. She has no idea yeah, who these I people are. Yeah, I literally have no idea who he's talking um, about. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Angela Rye. Um, I would say my other one would be probably Leanne Le Havas. Okay. She's like, who Who are these people? Really, I Leanne, truly Leanne Le Havas is a musician. Okay. Um, great singer, songwriter, but yeah. Love some Leanne Le Havas. Okay. And <laughs> probably Asia Wilson, who who happens to be my... I think I know her. She's on the Aces. I don't know yeah, what she looks like, though. Who happens to be my favorite uh, WNBA player. Zang, so you probably like some tall. Well, I mean, well, you... On that, you're you're tall for a woman. Like you're not you're not a, the I'm, average woman height. I, I I'm only five seven. I think the average yeah. woman height is like five four. So five seven is you know. Yeah, you're above average. Above average, but that's dang, like being a six one Asia guy. Wilson, ain't she like six four? Yeah, Asia Wilson is. Yeah, she's. I think she's six five. Because <laughs> man, yeah. But that's quite, that's but quite anyway, yeah. So that was a question. I just thought that was interesting because. Um, I think I think the question was asked because I think the person has an issue with like their spouse having a celebrity crush. Um, and I think really this is all kind of this this might be I'm just speculating. It might be stemming from like the Kiki Palmer and like Usher situation mm-hmm. or whatnot. But then I, th- I mean at the end of the day, like even with that situation, I'm like, bro, it's, it's Usher. Especially if you got a woman that was raised from the '90s and like the 2000s, like. Usher doesn't even have to be at the top of your list, but like I think that all like '90s women like have an affinity for Usher because it's, it's Usher. Like, I what am I gonna do with that? Isn't he short? You don't like Usher? Uh, he's okay. I like his singing, oh. but I wouldn't be like, oh my god, it's yeah. Usher. See, stuff you, stuff you, stuff you just. You know, that's what marriage is. You just keep on learning. I just think that if if you're insecure, usually about celebrity crushes, either that's someone something inward. Or something has happened in your relationship that, you know, has made you a little bit insecure. So I don't know. I don't know who asked the question. So listen, this is not shade. (laughs) This is not shade. But all right. That was a that was a fun topic. So now let's get into the actual meat um, of our episode today. Yeah. So So we're going to be talking about communication, right? Yeah. This is our forever segment and Mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about communication. But first, let's talk about the mission it was to get here. Listen, (laughs) y'all, I'm going to be real. Okay. We shot this whole episode already and we had a miscommunication before (laughs) and we did not make it. Listen, We had to re-record it because Keontae left me hanging and... (laughs) Cause, cause you know, I was just trying to move past and let's get to this podcast episode and it was the driest episode ever. So this is take two and this just shows that, you know, we still have more growth to do and we are not perfect at the end of the day. But that's what marriage is. Like I said, I think to me, it's just so funny. Like I, it's so funny to crack about it, crack up about it right now because literally like yesterday, yesterday morning, like I was just like, man you know what i mean but that's what marriage is like you know you it's a it's a forever learning pattern yeah i mean i think the day that the day that you can sit there and say like oh i gotta figure it out is i mean you really don't (laughs) you know what i mean because you have to continue to constantly learn your spouse even though i know a lot of stuff about you because we've been with each other so long there's still new things i find out about you number one and then number two is every year or every season like we change we're like you're not the same person you were 13 years ago you know when we first got married 
Yeah. You have a whole different perspective. You have a whole different, you know, mindset, set of goals. And a more mature, actually. Cause, yeah, so you know, I have to... There's cont- been growth. You know, it's like, you know, like back in the day, like I went to school to actually become an EMT um, and things of that nature. But being an EMT, like, or like a nurse or something like that, like you have to ha- have a continued education because things always change. Like every four years, like the American Heart Association will say, okay, we were doing CPR one way. Now we're going to do it this way. And you kind of have to relearn. And that's the same thing like in marriage. Like it's a continued education. You continue to learn your spouse um, as the years go on. But yes, yeah, true, it was true, it true. was a mission getting to this point in this episode because like I said, the irony is that this is about communication and we hit a miss on communication trying to record the first one. So Right, which is so funny. And so communication out of communication, sex, and money, communication is really the area that, I mean, that is, is, if we had to pick a most difficult, would be the most difficult for us. And listen, I have read, I like to read parenting books and, and marriage books. And there's this one book that I love called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And it's by um, John Gottman. And the book mm-hmm. is so good. This man is like phenomenal and he is literally able to talk to a couple for a couple of minutes and determine with an 87% success rate, who is going to end up divorced and who is going to stay together. So he got some, you know, he got some gems for us and I want to share some yeah, that's interesting. with us t- today. And so, Bay, what do you think are a couple of the pitfalls in communication? Um, I think a couple of pitfalls right off the bat would be sometimes like if you're talking to your spouse, I think oftentimes, especially like if it's a, a disagreement on something, oftentimes we go in like in your head, you might say, like, I'm going to go in and we're going to have just a regular conversation. But oftentimes I think we as humans, we go in with like our speech already prepared and really we're not going in to listen. We're going in to speak. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah, you're not really given the floor to like really listen to what your spouse is saying and intaking what their you know their grievances are or how they're feeling. You just already come and prepare with what you're gonna say, no matter what they say. Yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely right. That one of them is called negative interpretations, and so basically it's like jumping to negative conclusions about their intentions, even when um, there's no evidence, basically. Mm-hmm. And so you know. That that is really one of them. And so, do you have any more you think of? Um, another one. Guess. Yeah, another one would be um, like kind of just like um, shutting down on your partner. Ooh, that's definitely one. Yeah, like if you're if you're like if your communication is a miss, especially like with us, like in our relationship. Like me and you have two different perspectives on communication. Where like if there's an issue. You kind of need, like, time to kind of, like, process it and really, like, get your emotions in check. Me, I'm the type, like, if it's an issue, like, I want to handle it now and get it resolved now so I don't have to think about it later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and I think when that happens, like, you could get into some points where you, like, the the communication just drops and, like, there's a wall being put up. Yeah. You know? Um, So, Yeah. I think one of the, pretty much in summary, it would be like just putting up a wall and yeah. not being able to penetrate your communication, not being able to penetrate that wall. Yeah, exactly. So one of them is called stonewalling, and that's basically like physically or emotionally withdrawing. And so you just shut down your communication entirely. Now, that's something that a lot of men do. And mm-hmm. then um, to, to piggyback off of that one, something a lot of women do and something that I do so you might stonewall sometimes, but something that I do is called flooding. And so that's basically getting emotionally overwhelmed. And so it impairs your ability to listen and respond constructively. So that doesn't necessarily mean like with tears, but it means like maybe with anger or frustration. And so you, I need, when I get upset, I need space to be able to like process and think because listen, I will just go at the mouth and I will just talk and talk. And this was like really an issue for me, like probably about maybe about three years ago. I think I've since, since right 
before Josie was born. I think I've been working on it since then. And so I just used to just go at the mouth and just talk and talk and talk and just, you know, say things I don't mean because I would get so upset. And so that's something that I've really been working on. And but how I work on that is, you know, I don't want to talk about it right then because, you know, I want time to process and think. Yeah. And so, you know. So a couple more is like being self-righteous. You know, you just think your perspective is the only one. Mm-hmm. Invalidation, dismissing or belittling. Um, basically what your spouse says. You have negative interpretations, jumping to negative conclusions, silent treatment, emotional distancing, overgeneralization, which is basically making statements about your partner like, you always do this, or you never do this, you know, things like that. And then, of course, we have criticism, which is just personal attacks against them. You know, that's them low blows. Defensiveness, it means, like, you don't even want to hear what somebody has to say. Like, you're just on the defense. Like, as soon as somebody says you did something wrong, you're like, oh, no. No, I didn't. I don't want to hear what you're saying. I don't want your feedback. I don't want your perspective. And so he has quite mm-hmm. a few, and you know, I think everybody could find themselves in the negative and ones. one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Which one do you relate to? Um, I'm definitely a stonewaller, I guess, because for me, it's not it's not to the point where like I have to kind of like emotionally gather myself. Like I said, like my 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 perspective is like there's an issue, like I like to talk about it then and there and just get it resolved because actually it is like it is to do with my emotions like if if something happens and like it's not resolved for me like i'm my emotions are very affected by it meaning like i just really can't like fake the funk like you always say that like, you'd be like man if you mad like you could kind of see it on my face or you see it in my demeanor oh yeah pretty he much like that was that. yeah like that was the reason why we had to kind of scrap that the first episode brick wall when he mad yeah, yeah, <laughs> my like we had to script the first episode because he was literally like, not my talking. energy was just so down and low, and it's just like I was in my feelings. I mean, for lack of a better word, but yeah, I just like <laughs> it's just hard for me to it's hard for me to really move on past something if it's just not resolved or there's like no communication. So sometimes, and like I said, I know with you, like you need that time to process. And so for me, I don't know. I just get into like a ball of just like. Ugh, like, I can't even say nothing. I'm not even going to say nothing right now because ain't nothing going to happen. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I'll just cease my talking because, <laughs> like, what what am I talk for? And if I if we do, if I do talk, it's just going to go nowhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, me, I'm, like, the complete opposite. So mine would probably be, like, emotional distancing, which is basically, like, keeping an emotional distance. And so basically I could get over anything not get over anything, but I could keep on going with about my day like nothing happened, okay? Mm-hmm. Like I could just move forward. And so, and for sure flooding, which is, you know, getting emotionally overwhelmed. And so, you know, I, it really does impair my ability to listen and respond constructively. Like I just, I'm like, you know, I can't, I don't have nothing to say. <laughs> like, you know, nothing good to say. So I'm not going to say anything at all. And then, um, yeah, I think those are really the ones that I do. Um, I think sometimes I might do negative interpretations. So basically I jump to negative conclusions. And so that's like, you know, like he he just wants to argue. I might say something like that mm. in my head, you know, or to him. And so those are the things I need to work on. You know, another one that you do, babe, mm. um, it's called cross complaining. And so, so I didn't that? mention that one before. And it's called kitchen, not kitchen sinking, cross complaining. So that's basically bringing up uh, another complaint, you know, instead of addressing the one at hand. Uh And so a lot of times when people get upset, they might say like, you know, I let that slide like three days ago and now I'm about to bring it up, you know? And so that's something that people do. And it's really just because they're upset and, you know, they're like, well, actually, now that I'm upset, this is the perfect time to bring <laughs> yeah, up this I mean, too. If we're gonna get into an argument, or if we're gonna right. get into let's, a, let's air it all out. discussion, I might as well bring it up. Yeah. Now, but for me, like I know, like really, I do that is because, as best as I try, you know, like in our relationship, if something like is not going like the way I feel like it should go, I do try to process in my mind, like, okay, is this really a big deal? 
Like, as my marriage, like, are we going to get a divorce over this tomorrow? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So then I'll just be like, I oh, know, I'm going to just, you know, I'll just let it ride. I'll just let it slide. I would not. But really, you, I, like I just told you, like, I can't really fake the phone. So I, it's like I can only, like, hold on to, like, letting that slide for, like, so much. I would not. And then if we do get into a point, I'm like, okay, now I got to voice, I got to voice my opinion or my perspective on what happened last week. <laughs> right you know what i mean so yeah yeah that's how that goes and so i i remember i just said cross complaining so actually cross complaining is responding to a complaint with another complaint rather than addressing the initial concern and so that's something that you do but also kitchen sinking which is bringing up the past issues and the grievances during a single conversation and so basically they both kind of lead to confusion and escalation and so, you know, there's a whole bunch of different pitfalls or whatever. And, you know, we both got multiple in there because, listen, I do I do the most sometimes. And so, you know, that's just something that we need to work on. And so a couple of the things that John Gottman says um, helps with your communication, basically, is soft startup. So basically beginning conversations like gently. So don't be so abrasive and, you know, start off with a criticism. It's more of like, Hey, you know, I noticed that we're a little off today. What's, you know, what's good with that? What's up with that? Like, you know, did, is there something that I can help you with? Whatever, you know, or, you know, I want us to be on the same page. And so you just start up, you know, easy, cool, calm and collected. Yeah. And then listening actively. So, you know, paying close attention to what they're saying, showing empathy, you know, don't just go straight into the criticism, validating their emotions, how, you know, acknowledging how they feel, taking breaks. If it comes, becomes too heated, then let's take a break. So maybe even something that I could do is say, Hey, you know, I'm real heated right now. Let's, let's reconvene in 30 minutes or, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it takes me longer than that because listen, when I stew over something, I need to, I need to pray. I need to read my Bible. I need to listen to gospel music. I need to literally, (laughs) I have to get back in your zone. No, seriously. You think I'm joking? I no, I mean, I know. Like I said, you, you, you say you need your time to process. I really need to do all that. So 30 minutes might not even be enough for me, like an hour, two hours. And then, um, the next one is use repair attempts. And so a repair attempt, that's one of the ways that John Gottman really uses to determine if a relationship is going to last. And so it's basically like employing humor and affection and using different techniques to lighten up the mood. So like, you know, like you mad at your husband and you in the kitchen cooking and he grabs your booty. Now, if you swat his hand away and say, get away from me, don't touch me. Mm. <laughs> then, you know, that's, that's Mm-mm. usually pretty negative. Cause he's trying to lighten the mood. Even though you guys are mad at each other, you could throw in a little stop. I'm mad at you. You know, that kind of thing. Instead of get the heck away from me. Don't touch me. I mean, well, sh- right. And, <laughs> and you know, as a woman, mad, as a woman, you could say, you know, you could is in the middle of him arguing, you might kiss him. I don't know. Some men don't like that though, so oh, do I don't that. know. Do don't get. <laughs> you said do that to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know that'll diffuse the tension, and so you know a little something, a lighthearted crack a joke or something, start laughing, you know. But also, I just think that like, like really, when you just think about like arguments and disagreements, like. Uh-huh. As you get older and you get more mature, because I could just think back to like our arguments, like when we were nineteen and we first got married, to like now. Well, the good they thing was is blowouts back in the yeah, day. Yeah, I mean huh? the good thing is now, like we rarely even argue, but I think it's just a you know it's just a byproduct of us just maturing with each other and being together for so long. Yeah, like how like how often do we get into an argument like in a year? Probably max. Well, listen, we got into two this year already, so we kind of we we moving we moving through the year. Usually, though, but honestly, like, we get the, a, we get into about two a year. year. Half we're already ha- more than halfway past the year, and it's only been two. But we usually only get in two, so I don't know. Is there a third one coming before the year is even, over? <laughs> even if there even if there is a third one, I just know I know some people that get into an argument. It's like they got an argument booked on their calendar. Like we're gonna argue every two weeks or so. Well, when we was nineteen, listen. We were literally arguing every day. Oh yeah, literally every. But that's what I'm saying. Like it's, that's wild. That's what I'm saying. Like it's different when you're just mature because back when you're 19, you argue because you feel like the fate of the world is on the line for some reason for whatever the argument may be. Yeah, but that's what I said. Like does, it does feel like the end of the world. 
But once you know you're really, truly going to be with somebody mm-hmm. and like y'all are in this forever, unless, you know, some deal breakers or something happen. But like, once you know you're in this forever, then these arguments are meaningless. Like, you know, we have a bigger picture. We have, our, you know, our kids to worry about, their future to worry about. Listen, we trying to build together. And I just feel like, listen, we both about to be 33 this year. What do they call that? The Jesus year. I don't know <laughs> and- why they call it the Jesus year. It's really Larry, the Larry Bird year. Oh, my goodness. Because everybody does, like, they always do sports. I mean, 33 is the age that Jesus, he died. And then rose again. I mean, like, okay, on, I come see on, that, yeah. Come on, say the word, Because it's the 33rd, on that third day. Yeah. Amen. Y'all shout out both. Come on now, oh somebody. My, oh, my gosh. But anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, I guess it's the Jesus year. <laughs> But yeah, I just feel like 33 is too old to be arguing every day. Like, I'm not going to argue with somebody every day. If we arguing every day, then we need to be up in somebody's therapy. Because who has the energy for that? Arguments are draining. I'd be ready to go to sleep afterwards. And I just don't want to do all that. I don't want to go to work, come home, cook dinner, go grocery shopping, take care of these kids and stuff with you clean up the stuff that I clean up and you do, and you doing the same things that I'm doing and then come and argue. That's wild mm-hmm. to me. Absolutely wild. But yeah, so he has a couple more things that he says. Basically, accept influence, be open to their suggestions and opinions and show respect, practice de-escalating. So obviously, if you see somebody's amped up, like don't do the most and start using criticisms and all that kind of stuff. Like, why would, why would you add fuel to the fire? Uh, yeah. Avoid sarcasm and any, like, you know, harsh communication. I ain't gonna lie. I'm a sarcasm queen. And, you know, I just feel like it's a way of communicating. And in my family, it's a way of communicating. So it's just, like, wild to me that, you know, you can't use sarcasm. Cause... I mean, that's, that's another thing, too, that people don't take into consideration, like, your background. Because... Your, for lack of a better word, your arguing style is what you is how you were raised to argue. You know what I mean? Like your family deals big and critic. I mean, in sarcasm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where I'm like me, you know, like when you be using sarcasm, I just be like, bro, like that doesn't. That's uh, like it's just not. Like, that's, that's not for mean. me. <laughs> yeah, it's not for me. That's so fun. It adds a little razzle dazzle, a little spice. You know, it's like when you add a little everything bagel season into something. Mm-hmm. You know. A little steak seasoning or something. But yeah, but like I said, that's another thing to really take into consideration. Like that you're really you're even though this marriage is a unit and you're coming together to become one, you're still two individual people with two individual backgrounds. You know, the goal is to just become on one accord and one unit, but that's the you know, the duality of marriage. Like there's just two separate lives, two separate human beings coming in together to be joined as one and that's two different perspectives, two different habits, two different thought processes. Yeah. Um, so, man, that's yeah. marriage is a process. And then he has a few more focus on current issues. Like, that's a given, right? Make an effort to understand your partner's perspective. So empathize, validate with your partner, even if you disagree. Like, you know, I understand that you feel that way. Or under, no, not that is a, that sounds condescending, right? That sounds like, like I a understand. Kid. I understand, I understand I under- you feel this way. No, like, but we're maybe, going. Yeah. Maybe I understand how you feel, or I understand how you can feel that way. You know, maybe that's a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Or I see that you're upset, or I see that that really hurt your feelings, and that wasn't my intention. You know, even though you don't agree with, like, why why would the heck did that hurt your feelings? But however, you know, you could say, I understand that hurt your feelings and that wasn't my intention. You know, that's essentially taking ownership. Mm-hmm. But it says, and that leads me into the next one, take responsibility, admit when you're wrong or made a mistake and really apologize. Even if it's a day later or even if the Lord convicts you, you know. <laughs> hours later or whatever apologize own up to your mess and apologize and i'm big on that even with my kids apologize 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 compromise and problem solves so you got to find a solution that works for both people and find some common ground and so you know communication is like a muscle you got to work it out you gotta you gotta you know get it in yeah it's not just something that just happens you know like, you just don't, you're not a kid, and you don't just hop on a bike without training wheels and just be like, oh, look at him go. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's a learned habit. And like I said, working with another person, you have to learn their communication styles, learn their communication cues. You know what I mean? Be able to see, like, when they're getting flustered or frustrated and know when to say, like, let's take a break or, you know, so on and so forth. But, yeah, yeah communication is just, like I said, something that you it's something that you have to work at. Really, most everything is something that you have to work at. You know, I don't think... Yo, there's there's very few people that have ever walked the earth for something that just came naturally to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. And I don't, and communication. Yeah, you know, I don't think it's just one of those things. Like I said, it's just something that you have to continue to build up and work through. Yeah, for sure, for you know, sure, for sure. Unless you, unless you, Kobe Bryant. I feel like Kobe Bryant. He just got a ball in his hand, and it was just it. You know what I mean? Like, he got a ball in his hand and just knew what to do with it, but that's not all of us. You know what I mean? That's He's a one-of-one. One. Right. Um, this communication thing, like, this is something we got to work at. And right. It's, it's, a, it's a continued learn thing. Yeah, and, you know, some things are going to come easy to us. Sex comes easy to us. Oh, man, that's... Ooh. Um, easy like a Sunday morning. He's the worst, bro. He's absolutely the worst. You better not start a whole... Man, and then I money can sing a thousand songs. Money comes easy to us. It reminds me of that TikTok. Money coming to me easily. <laughs> money coming to me frequently. Hey, more money can come to us though. But you know, managing our money comes you know kind of easy for us. Mm-hmm. And so, but we could still we could still everything grow in everything every is area. work. Yeah, everything grow is in work. every area. But yeah, so let's you ready to go to our next segment? Mm-hmm. Ooh, wow, that segment that word Stay almost. Awesome. <laughs> Huh? That word almost beat me up, okay? So, our next segment is Roots in Bloom, which is obviously our parenting segment. Mm-hmm. And this week, we're going to talk to a subject very near and very dear to us. We are going to talk about the strong-willed child. Listen. Oh, man. It's crazy because we have one of our children, our very, very, very strong-willed, and he has been whooping our tail this week. I don't even know why he liked that, man. Right. He has been literally making us fight for our life this week. And it's hard. Listen, it is so hard. I don't know what is going on, but he has been acting up for this last week. And it's so random when kids start to act up, especially working as a school psychologist. Like when I see that in the school, you always think like, Oh my gosh, what shifted in the home? You know, that kind of thing. And so being on the other side of that, it gives me some humble pie. And I promise the Lord gave me my three children to challenge me and your three children to challenge Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. our three children to challenge us. Because I promise you, we would be over here thinking we was the hottest things ever if our kids was perfectly well behaved. Okay. Yeah. So they are literally making, giving us a run for our money. Well, one of them particularly is giving us a run for our money this week. And so this week he has had, I don't know, a regression in behavior. Like he was doing really well for a while. We've always had some struggles with our son a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have some memories from being three at two. He done bit the teacher, huh? I mean, yeah, he's just, he's really just a different kid all in, in total. Yeah, but he's hes a really strong-minded kid. He's a really assertive kid. He has a lot of leadership skills, you know. And really the characteristics of a strong-willed child are like he, they express strong opinions. They resist authority and rules. They like to test the boundaries. He's really determined and persistent. Mm-hmm. They argue, negotiate. Oh, he's a negotiator for sure. Like, how about five more minutes? How about 30 more seconds? You know, like he's he's big on that. He has a high self-confidence and independence. He refuses to back down even when it's a challenge. He He's convinced he knows how to do it. This boy will literally, like we did swimming lessons all this summer because he was so confident. This boy talking about some, I can swim, mom, and jumped in the pool at, at, a, at a person's oh house gosh. and did not know how to swim like somebody had one of the adults had to like reach out and get him like boy you cannot swim so they just won't back down even in the face of a challenge he has a natural leadership tendency takes the initiative he can be seen as really stubborn and resistant to change he literally prefers making decisions on his own 
And he responds well to opportunities for like, you know, being on his own and autonomy and like decision making. Doesn't that sound like him to a T? Yeah, really, bottom line, he really think he like a little man. And boy, you only see, he only six. Right. Like he really trying to be me is the problem. Like you you ain't the daddy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so we had to eat some humble pie this week because, or I had to eat some humble pie because you know you were at work this week, but he's also been acting up with you a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, as a parent, I'm always growing and learning. As a school psychologist, I'm like really challenged because I'm like, you know, my job is to help with the behavior. So when it's my own child, it's really like mind boggling to me. I was just like, oh my goodness. And this week, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, am I going crazy? Listen, with the death of my brother, so I'm grieving right now, working through the emotions and it makes you feel like you're a crazy person because you're like, oh my gosh, like, is this reality? Then I have my son acting up And I'm like, you know, about to start a new job on Friday. So I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, I'm a school psychologist and you know how I can't even control my own son at this point. And then I'm arguing with my husband. So this was like kind of a hard (laughs) week for me, honestly. And so I was just like, oh my goodness, I had to scream in a pillow this week. Like I really did. Mm. And so I was like, oh, let me eat some humble pie. Let me turn to the Lord. Read my Bible, get in my prayer, listen. When I don't know what to do, I need to go to the Bible first, honestly. And so um, this week I made a few mistakes as a parent. I feel like I got into a power struggle with him multiple times. And the problem was, though, is that he acted up in public. And you know, that's really, that's a parenting no-no. And it's really a black cultural no-no, you know? Oh, yeah. Like we feel some type of way about that. You don't act up in public. Mm -hmm. Your parents instilled that in you. And so when my kid acts up in public, you know, I like to call it the Robert Harris, which is my dad. The Robert Harris in me rises up. My mom was a gentle parent. My dad (laughs) was not. And so, you know, it rose up in me. It really did. And so when I, I lost my temper with him and I showed him that he could get under my skin and really... That's showing him that he has the control at that point. And that's what a strong-willed child wants. They want the control. They want to feel that control, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was hard for me. What you think, babe, about all that that I'm saying? No, I mean, like I said, it's just... I'm just... Like, on the daily, I just try to figure this kid out. (laughs) It's really really what the bottom line is. Like, he's just, like, so... I mean, and, like, I guess in a sense it's good that, like... He tries to have his, like, own character. Because one thing he doesn't do, like, he doesn't go with a wave. He's very, like, opposite. Yeah. Like, for example, like, I... He's his own person. Yeah, like, we came back from church on Sunday. And so I was like, I'm going to stop and get them some lunch. So I said, you guys want A or B, right? He going to say F. Right. No, no, no. (laughs) Not even F. Like, he... It's like, he'll wait until... He'll wait to see what Autumn says. Like, oh, Autumn says, I want A. And so he going to say... I want B. Even though <laughs> even though A is something he enjoys, he you know that he likes, he just gonna say B just, just to, to be, be a... different. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That so is now I'm like, like right, I here love, I go. I love now, my baby. Yeah, now I gotta flip a coin or have him play rock, paper, scissors to see where we gonna go. Like, yeah, he's just he's just that kid. But like I say, even in his st- strong willedness, like if that's a word. Yeah. Um, um <laughs> Like, you you do also see the, you know, like I said, the good characteristics in him, too. Yeah. Because he's very assertive. Like, I don't think we're ever going to have to worry about somebody talking down on him and him just not saying nothing. Right. Because he's going to say something. You know what I mean? He's he's kind of, like, he really, he does, in some parts, he reminds me as me as a kid. When I was a kid his age, like, I think most kids, like, they thrive on like, oh, I gotta have like friends play with me and stuff like that. Me, oh man, I used to love time by myself. Like, just give me like two hours and just me and some Legos, or like me and a couple of comic books. Like, I'm I'm good. And yeah. you know, it's like him. He's kind of in that same vein too. He just like he likes to run his own program. Right. You know. Yeah, and another way you know how you have a strong little child, listen, if they make you question if they need a diagnosis or something, Bruh. <laughs> they I'm might like, be strong-willed. Be yeah, for real, they might be strong-willed. Listen, 
those kids might be strong willed, but even a strong willed child deserves to be treated properly. Yeah. They deserve to be parented properly. They deserve to be loved properly. No matter how difficult and how frustrating he is, you know, he deserves love at the end of the day. He truly does. Well, and yeah. So, I mean, he he's a kid. At the end of the day, like I said, he's six. He's a child. He's a, and he's a kid. So it's it's really up to us to continue to... We, we as adults should have the patience to be able to continue to work with him. And we have to... I have, Like... I always have to continue to tell myself, like, as a dad, like, I got to teach him life, you know? So we got to continue to just guide them and give them the proper guidance on how to be and and how to act and how to handle things, pretty much. Yeah. And, you know, as a 90s kid, you know, you might have been a strong-willed child. If you couldn't be beat into submission, that means you're a strong-willed child. You know they say whooping your kid like, you know how you get the behavior to improve or whatever? If the behavior improves, like, like over time and not instantly, like, you know, like, let's say you don't want the behavior and the behavior improves after whooping them a couple times or whatever, or your behavior improved after getting whooped a couple of times. They say that that kid that's behavior improved, you wouldn't have even had to whoop him. That kid probably wasn't strong-willed, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, them kids that you be like, the adults would be like, I pop them and I pop them and I pop them and they just keep doing the same thing. Those are your strong-willed children. Those truly are your strong-willed children. And so, you know, I think um, something that I could have done more of this week and something I'm going to try to do more of is, A, calling out his good qualities instead of being like, you know, I'm so disappointed in you and I'm so upset that you would do that. And, you know, they do need to hear that. They need to hear that you're disappointed. They need to hear that you're upset. But I think it's important to call out the good qualities. Like, you're better than that. You're a good boy. Mom loves you anyways. Listen, I know you're upset right now, but I still love you. I know you're upset right now, but I know you can make good choices. And you know, you might even feel tingly hearing that. Like if somebody would have said that to you as a child, like, you know, it just really heals something. And so that's what I think I could have done some more of this week instead of being, I'm so upset. I'm so disappointed. I can't believe you're acting like that. And a lot of times it's like the self-fulfilling prophecy. So your kid, uh, the more they hear you're upset, you're disappointed, you're not acting like you should, the more they will act those negative ways. The more they hear you tell your mom, and that's a word to myself, the more they hear you tell your sister, the more they hear you tell their aunties and all that, they're like, oh, I'm bad. I'm not listening. Let mm-hmm. me not do it some more. But if I would have said, you know, he had a hard time, but I know my son could get it together. Listen, he got it together. He's able to function. He's able to operate. He was able to use his coping skill. Like he had a bad moment and he was really upset, but he was able to get it together. It's more like, oh yeah, I am able to get it together. I'm able to do that, you know? And so I think that's something that I could have done more of this week and just spending time with him, you know what I mean? And just really like yeah. loving on him and showing him that he's still worthy, even though he's acting up. And, you know, in a way, I wasn't, I was a strong-willed child in the mind. Like, you can't, I, I'm a listen, don't get me wrong, because I don't like to get hit from back when I was a kid, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I was going to listen. So I don't know if I was strong-willed or not. Do you think you were strong-willed? Oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't know if I truly was. But no. listen, I did. No, we brother, did get we mm. did get married at 19, though. So we might have been strong will, right? Nah, that was just I mean, <laughs> that was just us. Yeah, that was just us. This boy. <laughs> now, if my brother is listening, he know. August, Very strong. Yeah, right? August is just like my little brother. Like growing up as a kid, bruh, that boy was he was so strong will that his nickname was trouble. That's the nickname that my cousins gave him, Trouble. <laughs> so, yeah. That is so funny. Well, I, I've been reading. Look, listen, my son causes me to read so many books. So I'm going to mention some of the book names, and then I'm going to give you guys some of the techniques, like a couple of quick techniques. So one of the books is called The Defiant Child by Douglas Riley. Great book. Mm-hmm. I have another one called Have a New Kid by Friday, Dr. Kevin Lehman. That one is really good, too. I have another one called... Oh, that's, the F- that's one we read together, right? Yeah, we sure yeah. did. We need to read it again. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have another one called The Five Love Languages of Children, which is really good. That's just, you know, how, how you could love on your babies. 
how to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk. Now that's a really gentle parenting book, but it does have some really good principles. I feel like we're more balanced parenting, okay? Mm-hmm. More balanced parenting. If if a kid need a little pinch every now and then, you know, we might be a, we might slide slide in a pinch. Pinching Hello. is not abuse. So, anyways, um, there's a couple more books though. There's one called Lost at School, and that's really dealing with the behaviors at school, but it it really is applicable to your own child. So, anyways, read some books because they really do help, especially if you have a child that's making you pull your hair out. And so, what lots of the experts agree on is choosing like logical consequences and responsibility based consequences. So, like given a task that relates to the behavior. So if they were talking root to, let's say, Autumn, then, you know, then he writes a letter to Autumn or he has to do something kind for Autumn or a logical consequence. If they refuse to clean up their toys, okay, well, mommy's going to clean up your toys, but I'm going to pack them up and we not playing with them anymore. You know, so clear boundaries. And so they, you know, how is a kid supposed to know if they don't know the consequences and the expectations? And if you're not consistent, then, you know, it's it sets a stage for confusion. Avoiding power struggles. So that's what I did wrong. You know, you get into it, go back and forth. At the end of the day, why are you arguing with the child? It's That's a child. So instead of asserting your authority, authority and trying to argue with them and trying to, you're going to listen, you can find a way to empower your child. So listen, I know you're upset, but that's not the way that we need to handle it. Like, you know, how much calmer is that than, you better stop acting like that, boy. Don't you dare, boy. Listen, you're upset, but that's not the way to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and sometimes it, it really can have the same effect. Now, this is not a cure-all. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Do not get me wrong. And also, though, we have to be calm. Like, if you yell in, you're teaching them to yell at yeah. the end of the day. So, like, why are you yelling? <laughs> be firm and kind. So, you know, set your boundaries. Stick with your boundaries. But you can be kind. You don't have to yell. You don't have to demean your child. Timeouts. Really, I don't call it a timeout. I call it a break. It's like a break for you to gather yourself, collect. When you're being so disruptive, listen, you're not about to disrupt this whole family. So go ahead and go take a break. And then we're not about to be kicking and screaming and doing all that. No, no, don't do that. That's not okay. And you have better coping skills. Choose one. If you need to scream, scream into a pillow. If you need to punch your pillow, go ahead and punch it. But, you know, we're not being destructive. And so we really need to figure out how to empower them, model the respectful behavior, and most importantly, we got to build that strong relationship. Mm-hmm. And so we need to find a way to connect with him every day, tell him we love him every day, tell him he's a valuable member of this family every day. And so, you know, the crazy thing about our son is he can literally go months without acting up. Okay, months is a stretch. yeah. I was saying mm, he about could go. Months. He could go like with. He could go like. Three he could go weeks. for a while though. Yeah. He could go like three weeks without acting up and without having like a meltdown or a tantrum, and so you know, it's it's just interesting that he could go that long and then all of a sudden he goes a week and he's just acting cuckoo for cocoa yeah. puffs, and so properly parented, strong-willed children really um, have a lot of good skills, and so. You know, you should see a leader, an independent child, a problem solver, an assertive child, a resilient child, a child that's open-minded and goal-oriented and adaptable and with advocacy skills. They can advocate for themselves and the self-discipline. And so, you know, it's, 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 we're put, we're putting in the little, the water now and we're, we're tilling the ground now and we're pouring we're, we're, we're really working on the planting and the, you know, and eventually it'll bloom until something beautiful. Eventually. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, we got to be consistent. We got to keep on keeping on. And, you know, when we mess up and we're too harsh or we, we go off or we yell and we don't model the appropriate behavior, we just have to admit it and apologize. And that's something I don't have a problem doing. And it's so funny because I apologize to him for being like a little harsh with my words yesterday. 
or the day before. And Autumn said, are you still growing, mom? And I say, yeah, baby, I'm still growing. We're all still growing. And so, you know, myself, we're still blooming. Now, when people might want to know, when do I really consult a professional? So if you basically you need to seek help if a child has done the same behavior for more than six months and it's intense and it's ongoing and it doesn't stop and it's across boundaries, I mean, across settings. So like mm-hmm. he acted up at grandma's house, he acted up at cousin's house, he acted up at school, he's acted up at, you know, wherever. And so, um, you know, if it's across settings, then that's when you for sure need to, um, and it's intense and it's ongoing. And that's when you need to probably seek professional help and see if you need to see a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a pediatrician. And, you know, but if the child can go three weeks without acting up, then probably they don't have a problem, you know? And also, a child truly can't regulate their emotions until they're about seven years old. So if your child is past seven or they're eight or nine or 10 or 11 and they're started still engaging in tantrums and meltdowns and, you know, just obstinate behavior, then you might want to seek a professional. So, you Mm -hmm. know, I just want to end with that. Do you have anything else you want to say? Baby. No, I think you covered it all. For for those of you first time listening, that was our psychologist segment. Oh, oh um, my God. Parenting. Yeah, my <laughs> wife. I mean, well, it's parenting, but, you know, I'm saying, like, all the information you were given and, like, the books to read and, like, what to do. Like, that's coming from, you know, that's a psychologist's mind. My wife is a, she's a school psychologist for those that don't <laughs> know. Um, but no, that's, that's just really in depth. And you know, that's like, it's really free game to really talk to somebody with that type of mindset and the education behind that, because people pay for stuff like that. They pay to, they pay to talk to somebody or have somebody talk to them, you know, about their options and like what to do and what, you know, what they're going through and whatnot. And here you are on the crafted podcast, you getting this consultation for free. (laughs) So, yes. And if anybody wants to reach out, you know, and talk about our strong-willed children together and collaborate together, then just let me know, you know. I'm I'm accessible via Instagram. So, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So now we're about to go into your segment. This is my husband's very own. Have you come up with your name for your lifestyle segment yet? No, nah, I mean, we just call it lifestyle. I mean, it's just this segment is just about, like, lifestyle, about, like, I don't know, trendy things, stuff going on, like pop culture or just, you know, random stuff that we want to talk about. Actually, going back to like the first thing that we said where we talked about in our in this podcast, like about like the celebrities and stuff like that. I think that it is very interesting that my wife really like isn't into celebrity. And it's just like it's just wild to me. Let me give you guys a story. Me and my wife went to Hawaii. um, This was like what? five maybe like five years ago yeah it was like five years because like autumn was like two yeah when we took them Isn't up to hawaii wild? um man a quick aside man have you been hearing about what's going on in maui yeah with that volcano or Bruh. whatever well yeah oh, not it's volcano. like no, it's, it's wildfires fire. it's fire yeah right? it's crazy man people are like I, like i watched a video earlier like from twitter like the fires are so crazy people was literally jumping into the ocean getting into the ocean to try to get away from the fire so oh man prayers to you know the families in maui because i heard I'm there's sure... some 19 dollar flights from maui to another island so on southwest Bruh. so if anybody's out there get get on southwest and get out of there yeah because i'm sure people are getting displaced and all that stuff but anyway pray, prayers go out to them um but just going back to hawaii when we went to hawaii we went to uh, oahu but anyway, we go to Hawaii with our kids, and if you ever travel with kids, small kids, like I said, my our oldest was two at the time, and August was one, or just about to be one. Oh, now so they were very little, so we're traveling with like car seats and strollers and things of that nature, right? So we get back to LAX. I have August in my no, I have Autumn in my hand, carrying her in my hand, and I'm getting out of the door, out of the going, c- coming out of the, the the tunnel, you know, where the airplane lets you off, and where they put the stroller on the side for you at the gate. So I have <laughs> Autumn in one hand, I'm picking the stroller up in my other hand, plus the carry-on bag that we took onto the plane. I've got all the stuff in my hand. I'm like, okay, once I get out the door, I'm gonna sit the stroller down so I can put Autumn in it. Oh, and now, right? 
Here I go out the door. I'm like struggling to get the stroller open. Kristen is holding August. He's a little baby at this point. He might have been breastfeeding at the time too. So like she doesn't really like it's not really much help she could do. Lo and behold, somebody is getting off the plane with us, and all I just hear is them say, "Oh, let me help you out right quick. Let me let me help you with that." So then they're unfolding the stroller for me, putting it to, you know putting it together so I can put Autumn in there, and they get it open, put it down, and I say, "Oh man, thank you," and I look up. And it's Jay Leno, right? <laughs> so Jay Leno is helping me get off the plane with my kid. And when I looked up and seen him, like, I was just kind of awestruck for a minute. Like, I, like, I couldn't really say anything. But until the only thing I could say is Kristen was like, oh, man, did you, did you know who that was? And Kristen just was like, mm, nope. not a clue. I don't don't know. I don't, even even, though, I don't know who that is today. Today, she don't even know who that is. But anyway, it was a guy behind me was like, bro, you do you know who that was? I'm like, yo, that's cr-. like, I just thought that that was so crazy. Anyway, like for you, for a lot of people that don't know, like when it comes to like L.A., like <laughs> there's really only like, you know, there's like there's like a top five, like just like just celebrity celebrities of L.A. And like, you know, you have like Kobe. If Kobe's walking, around, if Kobe was walking around anywhere, you got like Magic Johnson, you got Shaq, you got. Jay Leno. I could recognize Shaq. You know what I mean? I could for sure recognize Shaq. But anyway, Shaq. you got Jay Leno. And what really was I was really cool to me is I'm a car enthusiast. And if you guys even know Jay Leno, like Jay Leno has like one other than like the Saudi princes and things like that, Jay Leno has like one of the most pristine car collections on earth. The man has a Ford Model T, which is the very first production car ever. You know, back from the 1914s. Oh, it not that still not runs. 1914. They yeah. had cars back then. That's that's when the that's when the first that's when Henry Ford created the Ford Company and and started making production cars. Anyway, he has one of those cars that still like runs. But anyway, yeah, like <laughs> I was just taken aback that it was just Jay Leno helping me out. And I, what really was you know made me think is because like Jay Leno was like he's super rich. Oh what now? So I'm like, bro. You should ask them for some money. Yeah, I was like, bro, he was on that plane. But anyway, after the after that encounter, like I went and like kind of like Googled more about him or whatever. Come to find out, like all the money that Jay Leno has, like Jay Leno could really buy himself a private jet and just fly wherever he wants to. But I was reading this article where somebody was you know interviewing Jay Leno and pretty much he was just like a he he just was a down to earth sounding guy but he always said that he just loves flying like you know just regular planes or whatnot even sometimes like sitting in coach you know sometimes he doesn't even sit in first class he likes to sit in coach because he just naturally likes to talk to people hence him having a talk show one of the most popular talk shows and you know on tv when he did have the talk show but yeah he just says he just naturally likes to talk to people he naturally likes just being with people he never wants to feel like he's above anybody else even though you know he's jay leno wow oh what not what a so. cool guy tell him um if he listen and send us some money <laughs> Shut up. but anyway yeah i just thought that that was just interesting because like i said my wife has no like interest in celebrity matter of fact like I got a video that I'm going to put on TikTok soon of me showing her celebrity pictures and her trying to guess who the celebrity is. And she just has no clues. The funniest thing ever. Um, So be be watching out for that. One of these days we should play some songs on here, and then I have to guess who it is. Oh, girl, you really. Or you can say some lyrics. (laughs) You really ain't going to get that, but. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was that was just a fun lifestyle. You know, that was just a fun lifestyle save. It made me think about like <laughs> celebrity encounters. Matter of fact, like who if if you met a celebrity other than Jay Leno, okay. who was the what was the nicest celebrity encounter you've you've had and then what was either the worst or the strangest celebrity encounter you've had? So mm-hmm. let's go with the let's go with the good first. What was the nicest or the best celebrity encounter you've had? Well, other than um, Jay Leno. Robin Harris is a model. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's my sister. Not not the not to be confused with the comedian Robin Harris. Yeah, that's my sister. Um, she's a model. That's yeah, we had my sister-in-law, Robin Harris. She's the nicest she wasn't. She wasn't a Nelly video though. So. Yeah, that's the nicest celebrity encounter I had. And the <laughs> and what's the other one you said? And like either the either the worst celebrity encounter or the strangest celebrity encounter. The strangest one was when uh, 
that comedian Lunell was roasting us. Oh my god! For gosh. being young. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like for other people that don't know, like uh, my dad is like in the music industry, right? And so we went to um, we were back we was backstage. Um, he was on tour with uh, DJ Quick and like Snoop Dogg at this point, right? And so we were backstage at one of the concerts when they came out to LA or whatnot. And in our backstage room, though, like the comedian Lunell, if you guys have ever seen like, um, what movies are she in? She's in like Friday. Is she in Queens of Comedy? Uh, no, <laughs> but no, I mean, like, when, if you see her, you know Lily her. Like, she's, her. Yeah, she's playing. everywhere. But yeah, we were backstage with like Lunell. Too Short was back there with us. Uh, Terrence Martin. This was a young Terrence Martin back there with us. But anyway, yeah, she was definitely like, because we was just, we was 19 and married. Looking crazy. Because <laughs> I'm looking at that picture, looking crazy we were. Yeah, we got the we got the picture. We got the picture. I'm going to have to post that up on uh, social media on the story after when this is posted. <laughs> yeah. Um, but man, that that's a memory. I, I actually low-key kind of forgot about that. But that was she a... She was roasting us for being young. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even funny. remember what she said, but I remember being like, "Oh my goodness!" What just turning red, turning yeah. purple? Well, I don't turn red. <laughs> but I turn <yeah>. black. <laughs> but for me, I mean, other than Jay Leno, my best, uh, the best celebrity encounter I have. Actually, I got two. This kind of at the top of the list. Um, my first one is um, I used to like work security, and I had to do security for like this. Um, it was a grand opening of a store on Rodeo Drive with by one of the Beverly Hills housewives or something like that. But anyway, so I'm in the in the store and there's a bunch of celebrities like coming into the store for this grand opening. Um like I remember seeing like Roxy Diaz was there. Um I don't know who none of these people um, are. Um what's the guy? Adam Lambert was was there. He was an American Idol. And it was like some other like celebrities that like popped in and popped out. Um, but I think like Bella Hadid showed up at that one point in time. This was like early Bella Hadid. But anyway, like Tupac. everybody was like, no, like all the celebrities, like it was just an interesting atmosphere. Like, because this was like really like a private event, a private party where like all the celebrities were like friends. And it was just weird. Like it was just a weird like atmosphere. And like all the celebrities were just like very like stuck up and just like I don't if know. i had all that money i'd be stuck up yeah they too. just had like this air to themselves and it i'd was have just, an air to me guys don't worry yeah and it was just very off-putting but <laughs> one celebrity showed up and i like and she was just like she just kind of just brought a good vibe to the room but anyway it was nene leaks she walked in and like she actually like started talking to me, like sparked up a conversation with me, asked me how my day was, and you know, asking stuff about California, just all type of stuff, as if like you know, like I wasn't there to work or something like that. Um, That's so, so nice. Yeah, that was that was a great celebrity encounter because, like I said, she just she really she lo- re- literally went out of her way because where I was standing, I was like in a corner, off in a corner somewhere. Like, just kind of, like, watching and peeping out the scene. So she had to <laughs> go out of her way to make her way to just come to the corner where I was at and sit there and talk to me for, you know, five minutes so of this So she wasn't party. like, hey, you peasant. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but it's not like that. Like, you know, I think normally, like, you know, if celebrities are, like, at a war show or something like that, like, they're not just talking to every, like, security guard that they stop by or pass by, you know what I mean? So I just thought it was a real just down-to-earth moment. I would have been like, what are you securing? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. What are you caring? Um, so that was a good celebrity encounter. Actually, I was thinking, I'm like, I have two. I can't even I didn't forgot the other encounter that I have, but <laughs> I've met I've met a lot of celebrities in my day. And the worst the worst celebrity encounter I've had. Oh, oh, that's what I was gonna say. Um He got excited. Um <laughs> Chico DeBarge. If you know who El DeBarge is in the DeBarge family or what now they're a great host of singers. Um, from the 80s and I think like late 70s as well. I think that's really when they started. But me and my little brother were at a studio. This is kind of really what introduced me into playing the piano because I love the piano and the keyboard. But I just remember Chico DeBarge sitting me and my brother down um, and like teaching us, showing us like how to play the piano or like showing us tunes and stuff like that and, chord, and different chords. Um, so that was a good one. 
Um, as far as like strange celebrity encounters, I really can't recall like any strange celebrity encounter I've had or or bad celebrity encounter. I mean, I guess that party, aside from Nene Leaks, that was the bad celebrity encounter or whatnot. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. other than that. So yeah, it's interesting, man. I, it's like I said, once you guys see this video of my wife like trying to figure out who these celebrities is, I'm telling you, it is hilarious. Cause this lady just really doesn't know anybody <laughs> who anybody is, and she doesn't care to know. It's the strangest thing to me. Yeah, I really. Especially don't. just being on like social media. It's just it's it's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> now if I was a celebrity, I'm gonna have a sock lady to put on my socks. A sock lady. I'm gonna have a toothbrusher to brush my teeth. Oh my gosh. And then I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like everybody, come on peasants! I'm gonna call the regular people peasants. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I would never. But anyways, yeah, I just never really cared about celebrities like that. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't have an interest. Like, listen, when you die, your blood is gonna be red like everybody else. You gonna be up in the ground like everybody else. You know, disease and true. hardship and stuff strikes you like everybody else. So, yeah, you could have the money temporarily, but. At the end of the day, you know, it's not, it's not what's truly meaningful and like it makes life easier at some points, but at the end of the day, like if you choose your health or time, I think that those are more important love, you know, the qualities that you can't purchase. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's good stuff. Yep. 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 All right. Well, this has been our episode. This has been the crafted podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode um as always you know if there's a topic that you want to hear us cover if there's something you want us to go more in depth in or just like my wife said if you have questions you know you know like school psychology questions or something like that you can either a just leave us a comment you know we'll get back to you or you can look in our uh like the the description yeah the description section of the podcast and we have our social media links there too so you can even you know hit my wife up directly if you got a psychology question or if you got questions about like you know music since i have a great taste in music or a graphic design question you can hit me up too (laughs) um but yeah anyway yeah man so go ahead and leave us a comment um rate us please hopefully Hopefully we we get a five-star rating from you guys. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, And we look forward to talking with you guys next week. Alrighty. Bye-bye. God bless.